Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, this is Jason Ferrugia, host of the Renegade Radio Podcast. And if you want to learn how to be unstoppable with your relationships, you should definitely be listening to Build Your Network Podcast with my good friend, Travis Chappell. Welcome to the show. I'm Travis Chappell, and I chat with some of the world's top business influencers, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs in order to crack the code of networking. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know, and that your relationships ultimately determine the person that you become. So if you want to learn the new way of connecting, you want to fill your network with quality people and skyrocket your results, then you're in the right place because this is the Build Your Network Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Build Your Network. Today, I'm sitting down with Jason Ferrugia. Jason is the OG, guys, the OG when it comes to fitness, to really the muscle building industry. He's a coach to NFL, MLB, WWE athletes, entertainers, CEOs, just hundreds of people worldwide. He's an advisor to Livestrong, Schwarzenegger, and men's fitness. This guy is the king when it comes to anything fitness. And I'm super excited to get in this conversation with somebody who's been able to build such an amazing personal brand in this industry the last few years here. So, uh, but first, really quickly, before we do that, if you're a six or seven figure entrepreneur, you listen to this right now, and you know how beneficial it would be for you to start a podcast, you know that it could help with your credibility, your authority, you know, help you sell more books or get on more stages or whatever it is that you're trying to do, but you just don't know exactly exactly how to get it done, and you don't have the time or team or resources to dedicate to figure it all out, then let me and my team build it for you. Head over to travischapel.com slash make my podcast. There's a quick application there and we'll jump on a phone call to see if you'd be a good fit for us to build out a show for you so that you can focus on what you're good at, which is servicing your clients. And we can focus on what we're good at, which is helping people build world-class podcasts. Jason, thank you so much for joining me on the show today, man. I appreciate it, Travis. Thanks for having me. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So let's go ahead and uh, take it way back here. Build some context for those people that are listening right now that may not know who you are. Let's talk like, let's talk 12, 13 year old Jason. Like, let's take it way back here and talk about like, what was life like for you back then? Sports, school, academics, parents, family life, all that good stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I was just super shy, quiet, insecure, kind of socially awkward. I was, I was a little fat kid and then I, then I was skinny fat. Not the greatest. <laughs> Skinny fat. Yeah, that's a good. It's a good term. Yeah. I like that term. It's not a good look, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's very true. Yeah. So I struggled with that, but but around that age, twelve, thirteen, was when I first got into the lifting and training. My I was always a big pro wrestling fan, so my cousin Christine was was dating a pro wrestler. So it was kind of like you know pretty surreal for me to all of a sudden have a pro. They lived right down the street from us, so just have this dude around all the time. I got to train with him sometimes. Then I was really hooked, and uh, I got nowhere. I trained all through high school. I trained for like five years. Graduated high school. I was six foot, one hundred and forty-seven pounds. So I six foot one forty-seven. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. What, yeah. So was it always difficult for you to gain weight then? Totally. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. That's crazy. Okay. So talk to me about like, do you remember the initial reason that you started lifting? Was it just because you wanted to look like the pro wrestlers that you like idolized or? It, it was a little bit of both, right? It was, you know, kind of getting bullied and being weak and not being the cool kid. It was that. And then hmm. as a little kid, I was obsessed with superheroes. You know, you don't know it at the time, but you kind of like me, I always liked the guys who were the most jacked. Act and uh, like I loved Wolverine, and then every Saturday morning I would watch wrestling and I would see these guys who would jack. And this is the '80s, so Stallone and Schwarzenegger are in the big mm. screen. And I'm like, oh yeah, if I can be, you know, one of these larger than life guys, then everything will change. Then I'll be able to sit at the cool kids' table. I'll be all more confidence, you know, all these things. So that was really what what got me hooked. And then I, you know, just became kind of my obsession through college and uh, and beyond after that. Why do you think all throughout high school you just like never gained? What was it like literally just the programs that you were doing? Or yeah, I, I feel like yeah. a lot of it obviously had to do with the fact that you were also gaining vertically, right? Like totally, yeah, a I little bit more a, difficult. Yeah, I grew a foot. I mean, I was like I was like 4'10, 4'11 when I went into high school. So I grew a foot and I was just doing the wrong kind of programming, just, you know, yeah. stuff that was completely opposite of what I should have been doing at the time. At 147, I did, I was training for five years. So you can do everything wrong and still make gains. So I, I made some gains, which is scary to think about. Still was 147. Wow. But then it was in college where I really kind of dove deeper and kind of figured it out a little bit more. Did you play sports throughout high school or was lifting kind of your sport? I was always a basketball player. I, I, when I was little, I played, you know, basketball, football, and okay. baseball. But then Tried out for a football team, but I was I was just so tiny. I, I got cut. Eventually, basketball came to an end because I had a lot of anger management issues. <laughs> so, got it. Okay, so let's talk uh, college then. What was the reason to go to college for you? I wanted to be, which is crazy because I was I was so quiet and insecure and shy. So it sounds delusional, but I wanted to get into broadcasting, like either have a show like Howard Stern, who I always listen to, hmm. or uh, become an anchor for ESPN. And then also I was into filmmaking. Like I, I made some films in college that got selected for uh, like national film festivals and stuff like that. But it was all stuff that looking back, I, I was like, man, I was the shyest. Why, why would I have thought I could even do that? And then eventually, you know, I, I switched over to exercise science and started the business when I was in school. And by the time I was 20, 21, the business was blowing up. So really? Uh, that, yeah. What do you attribute that to? So 
I first started with, with a few adult clients who were friends of my parents. This is like, you're, so you're in college and you're just lifting a bunch and studying how to exercise better. And so you figure yeah, out I got, well, to I, some clients. During one semester, I got my first certification. I got really sick and I had to go home and take a semester off. So during that semester, I was able to get a certification and just read a ton of stuff, order VHS tapes back in the day. So immediately I started training. I started training adults and I honestly don't know the reason because it wasn't like I was this charismatic guy who was so great to be around and it wasn't like I knew a ton about business. It was kind of just dumb luck at the time. And then I did, you know, I saved up a ton of money and was able to invest in my own small space, which was literally in a basement. So it was underground, not just a marketing term, but (laughs) there I was able to create a really cool, unique environment and do something that was completely opposite of what was out there at the time. Like, all you could do was go to Bally's or Gold's and do one-on-one personal training on machines. And I kind of was the first one to popularize all the odd object training, the rings, the sandbags, the sledgehammers, doing strongman stuff outside, pushing cars, flipping tires. And I also, there was no such thing as group training back then. Like, you can go to an aerobics class or you can do one-on-one training. Yeah. And it wasn't through a stroke of genius. It was kind of like, I got my first athlete within a month, he was getting unbelievable results. So he referred me a couple of his teammates. They all wanted to train together. So I just came up with, all right, this is way better. Let's train people in small groups. And then everyone I had all day from the adults to the athletes was in small groups. And nobody was really training athletes at the time either. So a few years into it, I had, you know, 50 to 70 high school, college, and eventually pro athletes coming to my place every day. And then these big multi-million dollar places would open, like 10,000 square foot sports performance places would open up later on. And they were like, how is this dude in a basement dominating? <laughs> he has every leading scorer, every leading rusher, every, you know, all his kids are getting scholarships. How is this kid dominating like this? It was just from being original and being unique. And again, creating that, you know, that, that atmosphere of the music we played and the, the record boards and all that. Like, none of that existed back then. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a, a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash 
Travis. Just go to Indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Yeah. So as soon as you started talking about the fact that you were in college, you started making some money. What came to my mind immediately is what most college students do when they start making some money. So t- tell me tell me why you were kind of the different... You had to have been different in your mindset than most college students because most college students, they come into a little bit of money and then they go drop it on bottle service with their friends on the weekends. What made you start like throwing it into savings, throwing it into savings and then eventually getting just, just like the nicest place you could afford, just a basement shack to start your exercise business in? What do you think that it was that made you look at money and behave that way at such a young age? Well, there's there's two completely opposite sides of this coin. So one was, at first, I was just loving what I was doing. And I, and I couldn't believe how fast the business was growing. And you know, when, you, when you're having success like that, it's addictive, right? And, and then it continues to snowball. And you're like, man, I want to push. I want to keep pushing. And you don't want to stop. So you know, on my 21st birthday, I was in bed at 930 because I had to get up and train people. And I worked from 19 to 28. So for 10 years, I mean, I barely went out. I barely did anything. Every dime went back into equipment for the gym. And then eventually, you know, and all throughout that time, it was, it was continuing education. And then eventually it was business education and then hiring people, you know, just learning all this stuff. And I was so focused on that. And then what had happened was at about 28, I was like, wow, I really didn't experience my 20s. I didn't experience college that much. I mean, don't get me wrong. We had fun times and whatnot, sure, uh, but not as much. And then I started going out all the time. I started partying all the time because I was like, man, I missed out on a lot of stuff. Because no, none of my other friends were making anywhere near as much money as I was. I was getting bottle service. I was going, Yo, let's go to Vegas and get the hard rock suite. Let's go to Nobu. Yeah. And I'm paying for it all the time. And I had no one really in my life at the time saying, dude, slow down. Like, and so my friends joke around. Some of my friends used to call me MC Hammer back then because <laughs> I would go cash left and right. So much so that within just a few years, I had gone completely broke. Wow. And I was making a good six-figure income for years. So I went completely broke. I had to call my mom with tears in my eyes, ask her if I could move in with her for six months and you know get shit back together. You said so that was around age 28 that you started doing that? So at what time 31. were you? So 31, I had to call okay. my mom. Yep. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. So it was crazy. What, what were the biggest lessons you took away from that time? Well, obviously not do that again. And, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, with, with, within reason though, right? Because because this is the conversation I feel like a lot of people have internally with themselves, right? Jason is like, like life is short. Do I want to spend my entire life working, 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 working? I don't know. But also I can't just go party all the time because I have to be productive and I need to make a living. And I, and, I, and I do have goals that are above and beyond what other people's goals are. So, which means I should probably be working more than other people are working. But at the same time, I do want to have fun, right? So like, where, where's the balance? Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. It's, it's for so many years, I was at one extreme. Then I was at the other extreme. Yeah. So, you know, it's always hard to find the balance, right? Everyone is trying to find that balance. It's more like if you can have work-life integration maybe and just be, you know, more productive and, and get more stuff done in less time and then figure out, you know, like for nowadays, for example, one of the greatest compliments people can give me is when they get to know me and, and you know, colleagues and peers say, man, you know, it's, it's so super cool to see the success that you have, but you don't grind your face off 24-7 like, and you have a better social life and better circle of friends than anyone I know. And that's really what I'm most proud of because all during those years, I really didn't. During high school, college, I never had really super close friends. I never felt like I belonged. Even when I'm running the gym, 
for all those years and it's super successful. I had a great rapport and relationship with all my clients, but come Saturday night, who was I really hanging out with? A, a sure. lot. And, you know, I take all the blame for that. That's my responsibility. But it wasn't until years later where I realized, man, there's so many things I got to fix about how I'm living. I can't go one extreme to the other. And then, and then I realized, too, you know, like, like Tony Robbins had, had spoken about when you confuse achievement for fulfillment. So I was like, hmm. and I'm just chasing these financial goals and I'm just working all the time. But I'm not really fulfilled. I'm not really happy. I don't have great relationships and I don't have kind of balance and rules for my life. It was just too, too much out of control. And then, and then I just realized the value of relationships and how important that is. So I spent years kind of working on myself and working on that. Yeah. So at age 31, you kind of had to reinvent yourself, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. When you say go broke, did that just mean you ran out of money in your bank account or did you lose the gym and stuff too? Well, the gym got sold. So, so the building we were in, everybody was notified. The building was sold and we had something like six to nine months to find a new place. And it was in Jersey because you had to get a recreational use variance. It was really hard to find that. You had to get a lawyer, you had to go before a board. You know, wow. If I wanted to stay in my area that was close enough for my clients to drive to. Yeah. Uh, eventually, it just didn't pan out. Long story short, I, was, I had to close the gym down. So I moved into New York and I was training clients there. I was starting my online business. Uh, I was doing 50 things at once. And I was also going out because it was the first time I didn't have to be at the gym 12 hours a day for mm. uh, six days a week. Yeah. So I was going out seven nights a week in the city. And that was how I ended up you know, kind of blowing all my money. Uh, now I forgot the question. I'm just kind of on a rant here. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, yeah. So I was just kind of asking like the next steps for you. So after that, after you didn't end up having the gym anymore and ended up losing money and then calling your mom back up and saying like, Hey, I gotta, I gotta crash on the couch for a bit. Tell me next steps after that. What were like the big things that you were trying to work on at that point? Did it start internal? Like at that point where you're like, man, I, I, I gotta, I gotta fix what's going on on the inside before, you know, cause obviously these achievements aren't doing anything to fulfill me. No, I, at that point at 31, I, I didn't have the realization yet. At that point it was just like, all right, I need money. I gotta make money here. So mm. I had started selling stuff. I started online in 2001. Okay. And I built up a really popular blog and I was in every magazine and I had started self-publishing and selling stuff in 2003, long before anyone did it. And it was, it was going well, better than I thought. And then when I was 31, Men's Fitness did a one-page article on me and a link to the site. And all of a sudden, for the next six weeks, which that would never happen today, but for six weeks, I was selling enough to be on a pace to make six, six figures. And I was like, wow, there's something to this. Hmm. So... I said, all right, let me really buy whatever courses were available at the time. Let me figure out really how to optimize this online stuff and go hard with this. Because during that time, I didn't have the gym. My friend had opened up a gym, so I was training a lot of my people there. But my schedule was you know, maybe 60 70% of what it used to be. So I had a lot of time to dedicate to digital marketing and figuring all that out. I think by that summer, about you know, maybe four to six months after living with my mom, I launched a product made 25,000 the first three days selling. I was like, okay, this is, this is what we got to do here. Wow. So I'm like really all in on that. And then for the next, you know, since then I've been continually building that ever since day one, that that's done really well. You know, that, that three day sale we had, and then it's just been onward and upward. Not that there haven't been struggles and lulls and ups and downs. Since sure. then, that was kind of the thing. And it wasn't really until, again, that was going well. I reopened the gym and it was when I was 30, 738 that I really did the deep dive. I'm 45 now. So 31, I was broke, rebuilt the business, but it was still five, six, seven years later. And so I really was like, man, I got to get out of Jersey. I go reinvent myself. I got to get out of these same environments that are triggering the same old behaviors. I, mm. I just 
kind of, you know, had this awakening. There's a lot of stuff wrong internally that I want to fix. Especially someone like you, who's, you know, obviously made an entire living off of improving yourself and off of helping other people improve themselves, but in a completely different area. How important was it to you to start really working on the stuff that people couldn't see that you needed to improve? Like, was that a difficult process for you? Or was it very much like, you know what, I've been down this road before physically, now I just have to change it into this other realm? It wasn't really difficult. It was just, it, it sounds so weird to say, but it, but for 30, I don't know, four or five years, whatever it was, I really barely ever thought about personal development. I, I guess mm. I quote unquote didn't even have the time. It was just like, let's uh, let's just, you know, I'm working yeah. on it. Let's build a business. Let's, let's do, uh, do, do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, um, so, so I kind of just had this awakening and started reading certain books and going to certain events and getting around the right people. And I was like, wow, I got to make massive changes. So I just embarked on this journey. I said, I, I got to move to the other side of the country, read, you know, countless books on it. Just that became my thing. So it was for the next few years, I was like, all right, let's back off of the, the training study. Let's back off of the business study. Let's just do all this kind of stuff. This is first and foremost and push myself out of my comfort zone. And, you know, push through the roadblocks and hold me back, get out there, prioritize relationships above all else. And, um, you know, so, so that was kind of a journey. It obviously, it doesn't happen overnight. It's not linear progression. You have your ups and downs and you fall back. But that's been the journey for nine, 10 years now since we moved to Cali. And it's funny because now people know me as the super connector and as the person who, you know, knows more people than anybody else. And I speak about it on stages worldwide about building relationships and stuff like that, which You'd never think that I would be the guy to do that. I'd be the last guy to do that. So let's talk about that a little bit. Obviously, the personal development thing is something that everybody probably listening to this podcast has in common or else they probably wouldn't be listening to, to this podcast. I always just love just hearing those stories about like when, when people realized that there was something that they needed to do, you know, and what forced them to get to that decision. But now talking a little bit more about the relationship stuff, you said people refer to you as a super connector, that you're the one with relationships with all the people and all that kind of stuff. This is the Build Your Network podcast. We talk a lot about relationships and we talk a lot about networking. And the reason I started the show was because I didn't have a network and I wanted to have one. And I I was just like, I better start focusing on this. Like, it's not going to do it on accident. It's not going to just build itself on accident if I'm not purposeful about it. So first off, before we get into that, I want to want to hear your answer to this question. This is a question I've asked everybody that's ever come on the show, Jason. So curious to hear what you have to say about it. Do you believe that who you know or what you know is more important and why? Probably who you know, because having that network is so important. You always have people to to help you, to uh, hold you accountable, that you can reach out to. I mean, you know, look at what's happened with the world in, in 2020. And the people that I know that have kind of weathered the storm the best do have a really great network. And, you know, it, it's a cliche, but, you know, you're, you're the kind of the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And uh, I think that's been the most important thing. I think a lot of people just accumulate knowledge and they just obsessively read books and listen to podcasts and, and watch videos and all that. But Really, if, if you are connected and if people could help you, I think that's exponentially more important. Yeah, I always tell people that there's probably somebody out there doing exactly what you do on a much lower level than the way that you do it that's getting paid more to do it yeah. just because they knew the right people. Sure, absolutely. So talk to me about some of the principles that you've tried to live your life by when it comes to your relationships. I think you have to accept the fact that every relationship is your responsibility. If things go wrong, you you have to own it. It's your fault. I don't believe in blaming other people. I believe the ball is always in your court. So if you want to start building relationships, first and foremost, the ball is in your court. So if you and I are at a party somewhere and, and my friends had said, oh, you should be Travis. He's a great dude. 
I'm not going to sit there and wait for you to come up to me. I got to prioritize that. That's very important to me. Just like, you know, if your workouts are important to you, whatever is important to you, you, you do it, you prioritize it. So I'm going to go up to you, Travis, what's up? Uh, Mike told me we should connect, blah, blah, blah. You know, we're going to find some common ground. Maybe we're both into the same music, sports, whatever. And then I'm going to be ultra specific about when we're going to connect again, because everybody knows how that is. You meet somebody somewhere, you dap them up. All right, peace. Let's, 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 let's talk soon. We should get together. Yeah, that never happens. Someone say, Travis, Tuesday night, what's the rest of your week look like? How, Friday, I got Friday from 12 to 2. Can we go grab coffee at Chorus? Does that sound good? Like the ultra specific. Mm. I'm not going to wait for you. I'm not even going to let you take my information. I mean, I will, but I'm going to get yours first and foremost because it's my responsibility. I want to make this happen. I want to build this relationship. So then I have a 48-hour rule. Within 48 hours, I'm going to send you some kind of message. Maybe it's digital. Maybe it's a text. Maybe it's video. Maybe it's audio. Maybe you mentioned something to me and I'll send you a link. I think you'd find this really interesting. Maybe I'll buy you a book on Amazon and send it to you. You know, things like that. And then always be kind of connecting people as your network grows. Introduce people, you know, connect people. Who can I connect to? All that kind of stuff is super important. Yeah. It sounds like you're definitely somebody who's taken this aspect of your career very seriously, really from the beginning with, with the way that you were able to garner attention from collegiate athletes and pro athletes and stuff like that. How important has it been for you to follow up with people and maintain those relationships now going into you know phase two or phase three, I guess, of your career? Uh, super important. Super important. Yeah. I mean, you know, back, back to your question earlier, I am where I am mentally, physically, emotionally, financially, because of who I know, because of the people that I surround myself with, because of the people that are, are there to influence me, to hold me accountable, to, you know, that, that I learn from. My, my, I'm fortunate enough now that, that my circle is people that I would pay to be around and we're just hanging around for free. Like we have UFC or a Super Bowl party. I sometimes tear up when I look at the room and there's 30 people there that I'm fans of. I listen to their podcasts. I read their books. I watch them on TV. Yeah. And they chose, you know, for a kid who didn't have a lot of friends and was super insecure and shy, the fact that these kind of people who I consider superstars, but also are now some of my closest friends, are choosing to spend Super Bowl Sunday at my house or Saturday night at my house, hmm. you know, blows my mind. And I'm just so lucky because I learn from them all the time. Even if all we do is joke around the whole time and we're talking about hip hop and we're, uh, you know, quoting Seinfeld and, and, and just, it's still, you, you learn something every time you're with people who are on that constant path, path to growth because you're like, so true. you're like, oh, I love how he's doing that slightly different than last time. Or, wow, mm. I, see how he does that thing? Like how he, how he got the waiter's attention or whatever it is, you're always just learning and kind of absorbing and, and just learning by osmosis, by being around great people. So it's, I just think it's so important to cultivate that circle and to curate that circle and, and be careful about not spending time with people who don't you know, force you to level up like that. Yeah, right. One issue that I see with a lot of people is that they don't do it on purpose because networking, relationship building, it's such an abstract concept. Exactly what you just said, Jason. I couldn't agree more that just being around quality people, everything's different. The way that they act, the way that they talk, the level of conversation, the way that they interact with other people, like everything's different when you're getting around people who are constantly working to improve themselves. And that will rub off on you most of the time. But it's so hard to quantify that, that it's it's become like, especially now it's to totally opened my eyes to how difficult this is because of me running this podcast and trying to convince people about the importance of, of building relationships because it's so abstract. It's so hard for people to be like, ah, well, you know, is it worth my time? Because, you know, if I, if I spend X amount of time on the phones today, I can, I know I can close X amount of people and make X amount of dollars. But uh, if I spend, 
you know, two hours at coffee with that person I met at the event on Monday, like, I don't know if that's going to go anywhere, right? So is there a story or something that comes to your mind, Jason, where maybe something awesome came from a relationship that you just had no idea was going to turn out like that? There's so many, it's hard to say, because I prioritize it every day. So yeah, I've met so many incredible people that have, you know, changed my life in so many ways. I mean, you know, I mentioned earlier that I grew up as a, as a huge fan of pro wrestling. And now a lot of those, you know, half the people on the roster are super close friends of mine, clients of mine. I'm, I'm backstage at every event. I'm backstage at WrestleMania. And so that was cool. all just me being proactive. Actually, none of them came to me. The only, the only person who originally came to me was the, one of the biggest guys in the history of wrestling was Stone Cold reached out to me mm. uh, about some nutrition stuff. But most of them, I was proactive. I just randomly met them. Becky Lynch is the biggest female star in wrestling history. She's one of my best friends. And I just randomly saw her in Venice one day. I didn't know who she was at the time, but, you know, we struck a conversation, hit it off. So I think you got to, you got to be externally focused. If you're just internally focused on uh, how much more money can I make? How, how can I do this? How can I do that? How can I get in better shape? Whatever. Yeah. You're always going to kind of be stressed out and anxiety ridden and bummed out. If you're externally focused and, and when you leave the house in the morning, you're like, man, instead of just staring at my phone and just rushing from meeting to meeting or thinking about what I got to do next, what if I could pause and be present, which no one is, so I could stand out and make other people feel better? What if I can make eye contact and, and give a compliment to someone or start a conversation? Because that, in 2020, that's unusual. That, that, that makes yeah. you stand out. And, and you make people feel better. You know, I mean, we all know what it's like on somebody's birthday to hand them something wrapped up and they open it and they're excited. You can give that gift to people all the time if you just take the time for them and, and show that you care, that you're interested. Maybe you crack a joke, you, you know, make a crack a smile. Yeah. Because I always say you have a cheat sheet when you meet somebody. You have a 100% chance. There's a 100% chance that that person has something that they're unhappy about, insecure about, they have anxiety about, that, uh, you know, whatever it might be that they're struggling with, because there's no one that doesn't have that. The Rock has that. Mm. You know, everybody has that. So if you can, you know, pause and, and be a highlight of that person's day, you feel better too. Yeah. Man, that's, that's so good, man. I, there's so many different directions to take this, but um, I'm curious to hear what you would say, what you would say to this question. Where do you think the majority of the value lies in a relationship? So how do you quantify the results that you get from relationships without being able to quantify the results that you get from relationships. You know what I mean? Like how do you convince other people that this is something that's a task that's worth spending time on, regardless of if you can match it to your bottom line or not? It's just how you feel. So if you're somebody who hears some of those things about networking, hears some of those cliches about your network is your network, your net worth, and you start doing those things like, hey man, what can I do for you? Like, what are you talking about? We never even met. Like, why would you say that? And you're kind of telegraphing that it's because you want something from somebody in the future then you hit them up yes. three months later hey my ebook scout can you promote it no <laughs> like you need to genuinely build a relationship yeah, who are you again yeah <laughs> yeah and honestly there's no better feeling for me and, and and that's kind of the thing that everybody has to come to the realization on on their own is what really fulfills you and what really makes you happy at the end of the day it's not zeros in your bank account it's not your abs or it's hmm. not like it's not any of these things that we think it is it's yeah. if you had a month to live if people were going to be at your funeral what are they going to say about it what are you going to remember about you what would you do with your time if you only had a short time left to live and it wouldn't be most of those things that we think would be important it would be okay who really makes me feel good who makes me laugh who makes me you yeah. know 
all these things. That that's what's super important. When they talk about the blue zones and the people who live the longest, the one common factor is that they're the most connected. They have the you know deepest, most meaningful relationships. They take time each day to socialize. They slow down. Mm-hmm. I mean, the worst punishment for a human being is solitary confinement. We evolved in groups of 30 to 40 people who would be together 24 hours a day, hunting, gathering, building. We'd all sleep together low to the ground. So it's, it's really unnatural. And you wonder why everyone has such stress and anxiety and unhappiness because we're living in a very unnatural way, not just with, with technology and being inside all day, but the amount of time you spend with people and uh, how much you prioritize that stuff. That really, at the end of the day, most people who hustle their faces off their 20s and they grind and they do we all kind of eventually come to some realization it might be at 38 it might be at 46 it might be at 59 whatever you're like oh this is not as important as i thought it was it's still super (laughs) important don't get me wrong but it's not the most important thing yeah so really just it's about genuine curiosity in other people's lives like the 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 real desire to help people even though you may have just met them or or maybe you don't know them very well and i think you know obviously zig ziglar said it best when when he said if you help enough people in life get what they want then you can have everything that you want and i think that that's only true if you're genuine about it you know and only true if you if you come at it from that giver perspective instead of that you know giving but also i now have a you know nonverbal contract with you in my brain and if you don't fulfill your end of this contract when i ask you to promote my ebook in three months then we're done you know (laughs) yeah well cool jason i i appreciate you coming on the show today man thank you so much for taking the time is there anything that you want to leave the audience with any sort of closing thoughts final thoughts you know that that's one of the things that i talk about the most is relationship building i I think it brings more joy and success to your life than anything else and it's it's become a a topic that you know the los angeles dodgers and the minnesota twins have brought me in to speak about because it, it really changes your life i think more than anything else so i would just you know urge people and a lot of people have this false narrative in their head that they're like, well, I'm just not like that. I've never been that kind of guy, kind of shy. Right. And a lot of people yeah. come to me. You got to change the false narrative. Anybody can do it. You just prioritize it like you would prioritize anything else. Like you, most people have proven to themselves that they can get stronger in the gym. They can learn to play an instrument. They can learn to shoot a ball or hit a ball, whatever it might be. Like you've proven to yourself that you can get better at all these things. So why would this be any different if you prioritize it? And you're going to falter. Some days you're like, oh, I feel like an idiot or I'm insecure or that, that, that didn't go well. Of course, just get back on the horse the next day and use the, the same tools you would use for sports or something else. Visualization before you go to a party or a meeting. How do you want to be? What is the goal you want out of this? Yeah. You want to leave you know, with new connections? You got to treat it like you would treat anything else. And I think that's really where people struggle is they're like, well, either I'm good at this or I'm not. Or magically yeah, right. one day when I when I turn 40 or 50, I'll be good at it. No, not, none of that's going to happen. Like you have to work on it. And if you work on it, it really does change your life in you know ways that are just hard to describe. Well said, man. Very well said. Where is the best place that people can connect with you online? Since my last name is super hard to spell, uh, you can go to j.fit, j-a-y.fit, and then I'll just redirect it to my site, renegaderadiopodcast.com. On Instagram, I, I'm at Jay Ferrugia, if you can figure out how to spell that. <laughs> cool. So at Jay Ferrugia on Instagram, that's two R's and two G's, at, at Jay yes. Ferrugia over on Instagram. Make sure to go hit him up over there. And then if you're listening to this right now, take a screenshot of this episode, upload it to your Instagram story, tag me at Travis Chapel, and that's two P's, two L's, <laughs> and uh, at Jay Ferrugia, which is two R's and two G's. So if you guys can figure that out, we will chat over in the DMs shortly. Jason, thank you so much for coming on the show today, brother. I had a Seriously fantastic time chatting with you. Thanks, man. Me too. Appreciate it. Well, that's it for today's show. 
If you want more advanced networking strategies as well as an instant network upgrade, then consider partnering with my BYN Inner Circle Mastermind. There are already dozens of high quality entrepreneurs in the group. There's dozens of video lessons on networking. There's monthly calls, there's accountability crews and more, all for the low investment of just 99 bucks a month. So head over to byninnercircle.com to jump in. That's byninnercircle.com. Thanks so much for joining us on today's show. We'll see you next time. Remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.